What's up, everybody, and welcome back to a live. It, well, it's, it's always been, I guess, live when we record. It's live in a different like, sense. Live in a different <laughs> sense. We're here in the same room. We can be in the same place. Look, we're touching we it. We're, touch not, all the we're not holograms. No. I bet that no sounded longer. terrible in the mic. So sorry about that. <laughs> we're no longer across the internet anymore. Team Chat Podcast is back in the studio recording with each other in person after. I, I, I guess the only time we had a intermediate in between the quarantine times was, time was, extra, was extra, life. extra Life. Yeah, that was the only one. And that was the one day that we did an episode in person again since quarantine started. Yeah. So this is over a year. I guess that would have been March when that cut happened. So yeah, it was. Here we are, late May. We're both vaxxed to the max and back in person. We, so. we're, we're both obviously past it, but just for fun, we should have worn little little bandages. Yeah. Did you get it in that arm? I did. On I my got tent. it in this arm. Wait, no, I didn't. This arm. But I then realized I was a dumb dumb about it because this is my left arm and I'm left handed. Oh, you idiot. I know. What were you it, thinking? And I did the first one and I was like, and I said, oh, I got it in my left arm. And Sam was like, oh, you probably shouldn't do that. Then I went back for my second dose and without even thinking about it, just said, stick me right there, oh, sir. Oh, no. And then it hurt. My arm was hurt and tired for a the few days. The army man that gave me my first shot in this arm, he was very nice. But when he put the bandaid over it, he missed the bandage part and like covered it up with the adhesive part. Oh, and no. I was like, ow. Oh, well. well, this is going to hurt like a <laughs> I mean, it didn't, but I was just like, ow. <laughs> sir, why do you not know sir, how to put on a bandaid? Sir. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, we're vaccinated we're, and we're back, baby. Oh man, it, is it feels good. To good. Be back. And we were already talking, like just in us, like talking, getting back together as we were like setting this up. We were already, I made the note, I, I told her, I was like, Mogan, the energy is back. Our yeah. old energy. It's is, so it's different. Back. It's just, it is different. You because just, even though it's me and you and the, that hasn't changed over, over the internet, it is so much different to be able to be in the same room. You as. can't replicate no, it. You, you can't. just can't. You can't. But also don't tell corporate America that if they ask, you can replicate, you can replicate it. it. Yeah, you can. All meetings can 100%. be done over Zoom. 100%. They email. can all be done over Zoom. All workers can and should work remotely. There's no difference. Exactly. But this is this is art this for starters. Is art, for sure. So it doesn't count. Right. Yeah, this isn't business. This is art. This is philosophical discussion of an art form. <laughs> That's what we're here bringing to you. Each and every week at Team Chat Podcast, a video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time. I really need to actually update that because technically I set the, the episodes live to publish at like 6 a.m. So, Jared. I mean, you can get it then, but then I put out the posts on social media at 9 a.m. Oh. So that's kind of where that comes from. Wow. But, you know, as long so as you're, you're getting like three bonus hours exactly to get it to get in and get that sweet, sweet that's listening. A, that's a free perk that we include for those sweet <laughs> for 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. hours. <laughs> but you can listen to it on a variety of podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links for all that are in the description below. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search us at those places, at Team Chat Podcast, and you'll find us. And you can also join our Discord server where we have a lot of great conversation about games and other things uh, when we're not here recording the show. And finally, if you'd like to help make the show bigger and better, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast. And I lost the list because the video refreshed. Let me see if I can try to do All this right. from memory. Here we go. Andrew Just M, like Andrew Zach M, Zach S, S, S Mariah K, K, Susan M, M yeah. Fuchsia Rascal, Fuchsia Brandon Rascal. W, Michael B. Uh, oh, we're definitely missing somebody. Son of a bitch. I know there's somebody in there, but my list went away. We're president, now. former President Obama. Thank you uh, for your support. Michael S. <laughs> Andrew Dam. I think that's everybody. Okay, it might be everybody. Might be everybody. We're just going to pretend that it is. <laughs> but yeah. if we missed you, I'm very sorry. But we normally do this at computers where I have my list pulled up and ready to go. But then we got here and uh, that didn't happen anymore. But like, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna try to pull this back. I'm going to I'm gonna find it. But we'll just keep, we'll okay. keep going as we're going. <laughs> I'll give you a proper shout out if I missed you. But Ben W. Ben W. Okay. Don't want to miss our buddy Torque. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Sorry about that. We've, we got you. I remembered you. Whoops. I didn't forget you. <laughs> but thank you for uh, supporting the show over on Patreon.com where you can do the same for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show. And in for return, as little we'll as a dollar a day, you can <laughs> support the show. I tried to slip that in last time. Last time, just get that in there. But no, for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before their general Tuesday release, access to a private channel on our Discord server, the Rogues Gallery, and... For the $5 tier, you can also get access to two-week early access to our subsidiary show, Team Chit Chat. So about where we talk about things outside of gaming. We can't talk about gaming things at all. They can be gaming adjacent. 
but they can't be gaming things. We are eventually going to have to do a, a joint team chit chat where we finish the Castlevania animated series Ooh, and yeah. then re- and then review it. I mean, season three. So I know season four is the one that just okay. came out. Yeah, so season I'm almost, four just I'm came almost out. Almost done. Which supposedly is the final season. Right. And I We're hope that it done. is because I hate it when shows like create a contained story and it's done and it's finished and it's beautifully wrapped up. And then like two years later, they start it back up again. And you're like, yeah. no, you're like, you, 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 you nailed it. You did good already. We don't need this again. The Hobbit movies. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need those. Very pointed with your direction of your anger. They that were one. bad. I've only seen them the one time Have in theaters. You, you got to. Re- I own them. You I need, need to, watch to them rewatch them in the comfort of your own home. Okay. See both how fast you get bored and how you're like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this, this doesn't These make don't, this does any damn sense all right i got the list andrew and brandon w future rascal james k mariah k uh michael b michael s susan m tort glare and zach s thank you all for supporting us over on patreon and if you can't do that that is no big deal at all you can still help us grow the show in many other ways like telling your friends writing us reviews subscribing wherever you listen to or watch the show and just all that helps get the big word of Team Chat Podcast out there to the masses. And for that, we are eternally grateful and love each and every one of our patrons and listeners, viewers alike. I was trying heart this emoji. earlier. It's actually it's difficult, it's really right? hard. It's harder yeah. in person like this to get the heart emoji. This might be, thing. well, we might have to revisit this. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to be, come up with some new way to show off our that, appreciation. That was a pandemic thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, I mean, we're still in it. It's time to move on from that, you know? Yeah. What I mean? We need Forge like new, a heart territory. button, like that Staples Ooh, button from the commercials, yeah. but a heart but button. But like it's got a little like heart thing on it, and when you push the button, it lights up. Yeah. But also, it only has the Patreon logo on it, making sure that people. People know we only love them <laughs> if they are patrons. <laughs> we got to really reinforce that. Yeah, just really just set the standard. Just That's really set at. the standard. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But before we get into the main topic of the day, let's do a couple things before we get into the moment with Moby. Oh my God. What? We're back. Like I said last week, we're back now in the studio and things have changed here a little bit. We've got more stuff. We've got, we've got more, more shelves. We've got rearranged stuff. I know uh, for people who, and we're re uh, we're reconfigured into the old angle. Like when Zach was here with us, we would sit in like this and we were shooting into the corner. You're right. Then we, we moved were. it to shoot against this wall as the back. I forgot about that. But then I got tired of doing that because that felt very close and stuck when you were like backs were up against this. So we now are back shooting into the corner and now we have new stuff like this Stardew Valley pop up here. Yeah. How's now that? Everywhere. Yeah, I well, to obviously I dusty shelves. <laughs> we got Doom Guy. A Marauder from Doom Eternal. We got our good old Bastion fan art up here. A lot of this stuff is coming. The music of Grand Theft Auto V came back to the wall. And we've got some of this painting of Donkey Kong that Sam did for my birthday. Very it's nice. great. Lots of new stuff. Baby Yoda yes. even makes an appearance. It's great. We've got oh. a lot of fun stuff. Oh, no. I forgot to turn on our little... Oh, our lamp. There we go. We got our sweet extra life light box. Because of all the money you guys helped us raise. Yeah. We Thank you. Now it says Team Chat on it and Extra Life. So yeah, I forgot to turn that on. There we go. Boom. Adds a little ambiance. I it like does. It. Yeah, it does. But now we'll get to our moment with Mogan to find out a little bit of what's coming out soon. New releases, all that jazz. Okay. So out as of this episode's release date, which it may actually not be this episode's release date, but it's this week. <laughs> I don't know when the 25th is. <laughs> it's got to be a Tuesday, right? It it's like just got to be. It but- is. Biomutant is finally out for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. I'm still pretty At excited. At long last. At long last. I'm still pretty excited about this game, so I, I'm behind on the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Same. I still want to get that, too. Good Lord. Um, in other news, Final Fantasy... oh <laughs> <laughs> Roman numerals. Yeah, Roman numerals. Final Fantasy fourteen. the PlayStation 5 port is now complete. That's out as of today. King of Seas, presumably a pirate game, mm. is out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Maneater is out exclusively for Switch. Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD is... Oh, oh excuse me, there was more. Nocturne <laughs> HD Remaster, it didn't stop at HD, is out for PS4, Switch, and PC. And then as of May 27th, Earth <laughs> Earth Defense Force World Brothers. I wonder what that means. Is out for PS4, Switch, and PC. I just I initially kind of read it as like World Bros. And I was like, <laughs> what I wonder what that is. World Bros. It's probably not as cool as I think it is. But anyways, that's out on, on May 27th. So is Oddworld Collection for the Switch. 
The Idol Master Starlit Season comes out for PS4 and PC on May 27th as well. So does The Longest Road on Earth exclusively for PC. And then closing out the end of the week and the month, I guess. We've got Wonder Boy, Asha in Monster World for PS4, Switch, and PC. And wow, why are there so many world-related game titles this week? Because the last one is World's End Club. Probably a golf game about golfing at the end of the world. <laughs> and if it's not, that's a real missed opportunity. And that's because it's like the change of season. It's getting into summer, so it's a whole new world. It's well, like the you know, pandemic is lessening. Sure. Maybe, uh, anyways, you know? World's End Club comes out for Switch on May 28th as well. And that gets us through May. There we go. There we go. Also, a little bit of fun, exciting news that was kind of just like dropped out of nowhere a couple days ago. Uh, Naughty Dog and PlayStation announced that there is now a PS5 enhanced patch that just went out for Last of Us Part 2. So it's going to get you that sweet, sweet, or aiming for that sweet, sweet 60 frames per second. So you played The Last of Us Part 2 on your PS4, right? Yes. Do you have to rebuy it for PS5, nope. or can you like re-download your library? Like stick it in there. Nice. Very nice. Because, I, I mean, I have the disc too, but yeah, even if it's PS4 digital game that you bought, you just download it to oh. your thing. So. Very cool. It doesn't uh, doesn't stop you from enjoying the game once you've already bought it, which is great. I know, I guess some of them might have some like PS5 enhanced versions. Like, uh, I, I think that's the thing, but most of those good times, every time they do that, it's like, it's just a free version kind of thing. Like, but I don't know. I don't really understand why they're doing that, but... As far as I know, all of these boxes are just packed with tiny little elves, and the elves manufacture the games in-house, mm -hmm. meaning in-console, Yep. and then every time you want to play one, they have to make one anew. That's true. And then they have to keep your save data in like a physical library in there. They have, they have to like, like load it up. Yep. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes complete sense to me. <laughs> but we also have a little bit of controversy that we wanted to talk about really quick. It's that Nintendo announced... <laughs> that they are selling a $25 Amiibo for Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. That is a, that it, the Amiibo is of Zelda and one of the Loftwings, hereby referenced as the Shoebill Stork, because that's what they are. <laughs> that is what they are. That is true. <laughs> and the thing about this, though, is like, cool, Amiibo, that's great. Fun little collectible and accessory to go along with the game. But where the issue and what people are kind of like, do what now about it, is that... Apparently, the Amiibo, there are fast travel places throughout The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword where you can traverse from the ground to the sky and vice versa. Correct. And that is just standard, comes in the game. Yep. The Amiibo, however, once scanned, allows you to fast travel from anywhere and then lets you, from that spot, immediately return to where you were. Not, again, tied to a fast travel point. And people are confused by this. Because it's, A... Not like a thing that it's, it's not like it's an extra that gives people an advantage because it's not like it's pay to win in a sense, no. because it's not like you're playing this game against other people, but it is weird that they would lock this like special ability, obviously in an attempt to sell more of the Amiibo, but that it's locked behind this. You can all, and it's a $25 Amiibo too. Like good grief. How much are they normally? I'm not a huge Amiibo like collector. I the smaller ones are usually at least 15 bucks. So it's not mm. that okay, far so off it's not from that the standard off the price. Normal. But still, it's, it's interesting that they would lock that feature, which is pretty big if you think about it, that it's removing it from the, from the fast travel of the normal points to be, and they show in a video. They released a video talking about it, showing it off. That you have to, that you can literally, they'll take you from point A to point B and you can go right back to point A when you're done. Either way, going to the sky, to the ground, or or ground to the sky. And there's, like, you're just right back where you were. And while I haven't played Skyward Sword, in any game, having that ability would be nice. And so it's kind of interesting, you know, like, why, why do we think that they would be doing this? So here's the thing. I read this story and I rolled my eyes so hard. Yeah. In my mind, this is the most horse apples, weirdly overblown reaction to a non-issue. Mm -hmm. This isn't an issue. <laughs> this is like laughably that's not kind of, an issue. That's kind of my thought to it so too. So here's the I'm thing. Like, I, again, it's not free to play. It's not giving you an I advantage mean, over also, other people. Also, it doesn't even matter in game. That's the thing. Yeah. This does not matter in game. I have played Skyward Sword and I have finished Skyward Sword and I'm one of the few people who actually legit is not ashamed to say that I love Skyward Sword and I'm excited for the HD remaster. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. This whole Amiibo thing, I have zero 
incentive to buy this amiibo because the ability that you just described, being able to fast travel from any point and then return to that point, isn't helpful. Really? You're, you're not... <laughs> the maps aren't huge. Yeah. We're not freaking playing Breath of the Wild. I wouldn't even say that it felt as big as uh, Twilight Princess. In terms of the way that the levels are designed, they are not sprawling. These aren't massive sprawling places that you struggle to get from point A to point B. It's really fast. You mm. can get from point A to point B really easily just by walking let alone using the in-game travel points that already exist. Right. So the fact that people are freaking out about this is both baffling and stupid. It's like you're you're complaining about something that isn't a problem, and I don't get it. I legitimately don't understand the outrage because the idea that they're locking a crucial feature behind a paywall, it's like, that's a bonus. I think it's more just It's a the, special little bonus. Yeah. You don't need that feature in game because it's already... That's one of the few complaints about Skyward Sword that no one complained about. Mm -hmm. You know what people complained about with Skyward Sword? Motion controls. The motion controls. And some people thought the Guardian levels were a little bit too scary. Oh, and the fact that every time you get a small new item, it has to show you the animation when you go into your inventory every single time. Oh. Those are legitimate problems. Yeah. This, this fake news about tra fast travel well, being an urgent necessity, it's not. Well, you don't need this feature. If you watch the video that shows you how to use it, you have to scan the amiibo every time you want to do it. Exactly. And you have to like walk through like a couple other, like it has person you have to talk to and then you have to like hit a, a couple selection points in there. And so like that doesn't seem to be a time saver. And really. here's the thing. Even if you just had this feature built into the game of instantaneous fast travel, there's not really an incentive in game to use it. Mm -hmm. You go back and forth between the base levels and the sky when the story requires it. Yeah. You're not, there's no, it's not like Breath of the Wild where you're traveling back and forth all the time to try and get specific things. You might eventually need a specific type of item to like upgrade your shield or catch certain bugs, but all of that can be done organically through the game's progression. And eventually you wind up with so many things that you have no need to collect more. Mm. So this, it's just not an issue. And the fact that people are being so butthurt about it is one of the more... I really do think that it's just because people want to hate on Skyward Sword. I don't usually think that is the case, but because Skyward Sword already has so many haters, honestly, I kind of think that's the case. Yeah. I think it's just a case of haters going to hate. If, if that's what you want to do, go for it. But the feature that you're describing doesn't even sound useful. I have no reason to get this amiibo other than that it's a pretty little statue. Yeah. Because I won't use it. No one needs to use it. You don't need fast well, the travel. Fact that you have, it's not like you scan it once and then you have that ability. The fact yeah. that you have to scan the amiibo every single time. Yeah, I would use that once and be like, cool. Cool. Amiibo goes back on the Bye. shelf. Bye. Yeah. I think it's just the whole thing. It's, it's one of those things. I think anytime any developer or any company puts something behind an additional paywall, I think it just irks the people who were like, well, I'm buying it anyway. Why don't I get that? And especially because it's, it, even though it does seem like a overall trivial it's bonus that they're, trivial. Give, that they're giving, <laughs> it still is kind of weird that it's like, and I really do think it's like, it's a, it's another incentive to buy the Amiibo. Well, the Maybe, funny again, thing like is, trying to, trying to justify the $25 price tag, yeah. but for the Amiibo, but also it looks pretty big. Like it looks to be a pretty good size, like a more deluxe size Amiibo. And the funny thing is about it, like this is kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, because in the past, guess what people have complained about with Amiibo? They don't do enough. Mm. So like, okay, they finally made one with a helpful feature. For some people, not for me. Helpful for maybe, I don't know who actually would need this feature, but perhaps helpful. Right. So they gave it a special feature and now people are like, so if they had done that for other Amiibo, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like the people just want to complain sometimes. This isn't a legitimate issue and I think it's very stupid that people are complaining about it. I think it's just confusing. I feel like more than anything else to some people. But uh, according to the Polygon article that's talking about it uh, by Michael McWhorter, that says that the only thing that they're kind of waiting on and that they're waiting on to hear back from Nintendo on is if this ability can be unlocked by players through some other way or if it's purely only through the Amiibo. Although at this point, especially because it was highlighted, sent off as a highlight of the Amiibo itself, 
probably only go through it's the only through but. the amiibo and also the fast travel points already exist in game through natural exactly it's so just, it's, it's, not, it's just saving you the little bit of time to get from where you are i to mean one of those part fast of me wonders part of like big game anyway like yeah the witcher you have to go to fast travel points and here's you the thing to, you know even in breath of the wild the ability to fast travel those temples actually weren't that close together yeah. you still had to walk to get most places so it's like if you're playing a game that you hate so much that you don't even want to be in it and walk around and enjoy the, the environment. That's true. Maybe you what should just you play a there? different game. Yeah. <laughs> There's other games. So I just want to talk about that because it's, yeah. it's, it's a fun discussion point really to just kind of talk about true. like, you know, what, what, what's the motive behind it? And then yeah. also like, why are people kind of like having such a strong reaction? And I definitely it? wanted to rant about it too, even though you're the one that suggested it. And I was yeah. like, Oh my God, that's such a good idea. Cause I actually <laughs> do have a lot of thoughts about this because yeah. it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what else we have a lot of thoughts on? Well, actually more Mogan has more thoughts on this because this is the main topic of the day. Mogan is bringing us a review or first impressions. More like a review. Okay. More of a review yeah. of a, I saw it on PS4, but it's also on Switch too. I'm playing it on Switch. All right, tell so us about this game. We are going to be talking about a game. <laughs> it's it's actually quite funny. So we're going to be talking about Indivisible today. And Some ever since you told me about it, I've been wanting to say Invincible because I just watched the show. No, it's called Indivisible for good reason. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, but the story behind why I have this game now is honestly hilarious. So Indivisible was actually a Kickstarter-backed game. Oh. And I actually missed the Kickstarter personally. But I saw when Indivisible came out years ago. I don't remember when it actually came out. It's not that new. All right. The game was initially released on October 2019. The Switch port, which is the one that I have, came later on April 28th, 2020. That doesn't seem right. Uh, but, the... but maybe it was. I don't know. I feel like I got it so much later that that's not even... Maybe it was the what was physical time, version. Ah, there you go. Okay, because my mama, my sweet mama, I had put Indivisible on like my birthday or Christmas list or something when it came out. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, sweet, I'm going to get it for her. And it was supposed to be the Switch version, like the physical Switch version. The physical Switch version got, and maybe it was just through the distributor that she had bought it through, but it got delayed, delayed, oh, no. delayed. It was meant to be a Christmas gift, I think, in 2019. Not until next 2020. And even then she was like, I'm going to have to mail it to you later. Because and I hope it doesn't get lost in this yeah, whole thing. No, no, that's again. not true. It did actually get to me on that Christmas. So Indivisible, the point is it was a Kickstarter backed game developed by, I should really probably give, it's been so long since we've done it like the normal way. That I know. Like, it's like, I was, I was kind of wondering, yeah. do I bring out my like paper notebook that I used to take notes that's in the again? Thing, because or do I anymore, go back to like having my notes on my phone? But then it looks weird to like be. Yeah. Cause then, it, well, phone. this is how we used to do it. And, and it's just like, well, compared to the way that we've been doing it recently, we're all like, oh yeah, I've just got just 20, yeah, I've just got 20 tabs open. <laughs> so the developer is Lab Zero Games. The publisher, fascinatingly enough, is 505 games. Oh, cool. I'm pretty sure that they're behind the Professor Layton games, which is Isn't, super funny. I mean, don't they do also... Unless I'm completely wrong, but don't they have some hand in control? They did. Yeah, you're right. That was 505 Games. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. So anyways, developed by Lab Zero Games, published by 505, composer Hiroki Kikuta. Uh, it doesn't actually list the director, which is fascinating. Um, but anyways, this is an action role-playing platformer game, and I personally have been playing it on the Nintendo Switch. So... The game takes place, I have to remind myself of a couple of names because it's been a while since I actually sat down and played it. Mm -hmm. So the whole reason that I was so interested in Indivisible in the first place is that A, the art style is wonderful. Part of the design uh, impetus behind the game, I guess you could say, is that Studio Trigger Famed, you don't watch anime, no, but, but if you do, you would know immediately that Studio Trigger as an anime force, they've done Premiere, they did Gurren Lagann, they did Kill La Kill, they've more recently done um, Little Witch Academia. The point is Studio Trigger is renowned for being able to animate 
beautiful shows. They have a very unique and intentional art style and everything that they make is visually not only like good to look at, but the animation itself is extremely fluid. It's always gorgeous. Premiere, mm -hmm. I saw in theaters like three times alone. Cause I was like, I don't want other people here. I want to enjoy the majesty of the animation on my own, <laughs> get out of here. So the fact that Studio Trigger did some of the animations for Indivisible, Primarily, I think the opening theme, mm -hmm. like the opening credits of the game, I'm not sure if they did some of the other ones as well, but the point is one of the big draws was Studio Trigger's animating portions of the game. That was a big draw for people. So the animation style was phenomenal. And then the in-game characters themselves follow that same animation style. So everything that you've seen from the Studio Trigger produced uh, cutscenes, I guess you would say. Yeah. Even though those aren't being animated in game by Studio Trigger, the same aesthetic still applies. Nice. And in practice, it plays beautifully. And I think that's primarily because they translated it to a 2D side scroller. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those interesting newer games that is a mix of two, uh, a 2D side scrolling experience alongside kind of a, a more enhanced field of depth. Like a like the, the what do they call it? The 2.5D? Like yeah, what they described Octopath like, Traveler as? Kind of. It's actually not. I would call it a 2.25D okay. <laughs> because it's not quite that advanced. Right. But it definitely has more depth to it than just uh, Celeste, for example. Okay. Yeah. So it's not that kind of hard pixelated, this is your field of vision, it is a 2D view. It has a certain amount of give to it. Okay. And that's specifically to make room for all of the game's action. So the premise. So, so the game starts and you're like, oh my God, what's happening here? <laughs> and I love the way that they started. This is such like a narrative framing device that you see in movies and that you read in books. I don't read books, but if I did all the time that I love, the game starts you off at the end game of a previous arc. So basically you're playing like the end game of, okay, you've got this group of four characters. They are clearly taking on some sort of monstrous creature that you presume is probably trying to end the world just based on the gravitas and, and the urgency and the extreme action happening. You're like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening here. But it dumps you into this fight. It dumps you straight into a fight that uses the game's eventual mechanics that you learn. But this isn't the tutorial. You're just kind of dropped into the this fight and you're like oh my god I, d I don't know how to play this game but it's like you'll, you'll figure it out you'll figure out how to play so you basically you're you're sorry you're designed to win this initial encounter obviously because right. it's a story piece so you go through this little fake fight you win these four characters take out whatever and there are no introductions these four mysterious characters take out whatever great evil they were fighting and then like bloodied and battered but alive they limp back home you presume the game then hard cuts to what you assume is the future. You have no idea where you are or what's happening. It's just later. Mm. And you're like, okay, very interesting. I don't really know what just happened there, but all right. So the premise is that a great evil was defeated and now the world is at peace, question mark. And you are in a village that I cannot remember the name none of the location names have stuck. <laughs> it's village one. <laughs> We're going to call it that. And you kind of wake up and get going as the lead character, your actual protagonist, Ajna. And Ajna is phenomenal. I believe that her and her village are meant to be modeled after Indonesian culture. Okay. I might be mistaken about that. And I do apologize if I am, but I got that general vibe. She reminds me of Talam from Soul Calibur. You wouldn't know that I do character. Not know that no, character. It was this, I don't know why I bothered with that reference. I knew you. Other people will get it. <laughs> I'll look at some images yeah, while you're She kind of reminds me of Talon from Soul Calibur, but I know that's not a one for one, uh, a, a one for one comparison. But Ajna is awesome because I think she's meant to be mid to late teens. I think she's like 16 or 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. She's a young woman slash older girl. I don't really, she's, she's on the cusp, on the cusp of being a real adult. And she is a born, well, maybe not born, but she is at the very least a trained warrior because her father, who is like this gigantic, gruff, older man, who you gather is not especially 
loving or caring, yeah. you very much get the sense in those first few opening cut scenes, uh, and really the tutorial, because this is the tutorial, that as Ajna is training with her father, there's some very clear strife there. And you also learn through Ajna's tutorial and training that she, that her mother is dead. I think it's implied or stated that she either died when Ajna was born mm -hmm. or she died shortly after that. But Ajna inherited her mother's axe. And you might be thinking, oh, cool, like a battle axe, like what Gimli's got or something. No, this is a fireman's axe. It's like just a straight up oh, yeah, cut yeah, yeah. and paste. It's a regular axe. I've seen it here in this picture. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, which Bro Mogan and I were talking about this while I was playing it because he was watching me play it over the holidays. Mm -hmm. He was like, man, why don't more protagonists wield a regular axe? This is awesome. Yeah, not like the Leviathan axe that Kratos has. In the no, it's just War. a it's just normal like, axe. It's just like a woodcutter axe. Which in a certain sense feels more brutal because yeah. it's like, yeah, you're doing more with less. I appreciate that. I know in all the horror movies, if they have like a fireman's axe or the one that you know, like break glass to escape yeah. kind of axe. You're going to win. You're just like, no, that's terrifying. The, oh, the enemy, you mean. Yeah, the yeah, enemy. If, if you have it, the protagonist, you're going to win. Right, yeah. yeah. Whoever's got the axe. Power weapon, for power sure. Power weapon, for sure. So that's Ashna. She's amazing. Okay. Uh, so she's your main character and she's going through this training sequence with her father. They have a big fight you know it's a very teenage fight it's like you don't understand me dad it's very much like that so she gets all huffy and runs off but you know in I, I say that she gets all huffy I was definitely on her side like the fight that her and her father have I was like dude screw him he's the worst yeah. get out of there <laughs> you're better than this so they have a big fight and she runs off and then I forget what happens next but is there a sequence in there somewhere that I forgot about? There probably is. <laughs> it's been a while since I played the start of the game. Uh, but after after something happens, Ajna hears like strife and conflict and screams from her village. Uh -oh. So she runs back to her village from wherever she was off, you know, get it, blowing off steam. She runs back to her village to find that it is ablaze and that they're being invaded by some army. And you're like, what the hell is happening here? Not only are they being invaded by this visiting army, this guy, I should probably look up his name because he's kind of a big deal. Where's the character list? There isn't a character list <laughs> on here. Look me up a character list. Okay, okay. What is his name? I'm telling you, it's been a while since I actually was able to play, so I have tragically forgotten the majority of the names right, and the go. locations. Oh, is it Dar? It's Dar, isn't it? It is. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There All you right. go. Yeah. A whole, oh, a whole thank thing. God. Go. This is so helpful. Okay, yes. So Ajda comes back to her village, which is on fire, to find her father very near death, but battling it out with this character Dar, and that is spelled D D H A R. And they're you know caught in this mortal combat, and eventually her father does fall because he He's, he's getting on in years. Mm -hmm. he's, he's not immortal. So he unfortunately falls to Dar. And Ajna has this, mo, you know, incredibly mysterious reaction where like her rage suddenly does something weird. It sort of manifests in this interesting magical ability. And without meaning to, she absorbs, because she's fighting with Dar. Mm. She's fighting with Dar to avenge her father. And he's like, you should run if you want to live. And she's like, fuck you. She doesn't say that, but that's the gist. And in their attempt to fight, it looks like she's about to lose, but they keep battling. And then she accidentally absorbs Dar into her mind. His whole body, like not, not just his spirit. He dis, he nopes out of, he gets snapped. He gets Thanos snapped, but into Ajna's mind or, or like her spiritual mind, I guess you could say, because it's very like metaphysical, spiritual, like, oh, this is my mind, but it's its own mindscape kind of thing. Yeah. And so she can't see Dar anymore exactly, but she can hear him and he's inside her mind and he's like, let me out of here. What the hell did you do to me? Get me out of here. And she's like, I don't even want you here. I want you out here so that I can kill you. Yeah. But she can't control this ability that she has. So she's just stuck with this guy that she absorbed that killed her father. It's a rough way to so be. So it's kind of awkward. And, <laughs> and uh, here at the beginning part, um, I think that Dar just eventually stops answering her. Like he gives her the silent treatment because she's like, shut the fuck up. You're, you live in my brain now. You 
right. follow my rules. So that's the gist, is that Ajna has this mysterious ability that has for some reason allowed her to absorb another person into her mind. What's going on there, Jared? Sorry, there's a buzz going on in this mi- in my microphone, and I keep just hearing it in my ear. Sorry, I don't mean to be That's right. I'm you, just trying to fix it. You take your time. I'll okay, take a little sip of it. my sponsored taco cabana. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say this. <laughs> we're, no, we're $2 to go margaritas from Taco Cabana. Get them during Margarita Palooza. Is, are they only during Margarita Palooza? I think so, yeah. Oh my God, I got a stock. Of I know, right? Jesus. <laughs> I didn't know that. They do have a pineapple jalapeno flavor along with a pickle flavor. Did you see that on the I menu? I saw the pickle, but I'm not about it. Disgusting. I'm not, yeah, about, I'm the not pickle. about that either. So, anyways, that's the initial. This is this isn't really a spoiler. This is the base premise of the game. Sure. Ajna has a weird power. She can absorb people into her mind. You don't know why, but this mechanic of absorbing people into her is why the game is called Indivisible. Because the whole point is like stronger together, baby. Mm-hmm. If I mm-hmm. absorb you, I can. So now we should get into this. Uh, the talk about the mechanics of the game because this is where absorbing these people becomes important. And I don't remember how the game describes it, but during combat, the people in Ajna's mind can in fact come back out and fight alongside her. Okay. So this is your basic mechanic of, okay, it's really kind of funny because in old JRPGs, you would have your main character, your main sprite walking around on the map. And at the end of any cutscene, all of the other characters on the map in your party would just kind of absorb into you. And then your one character would walk around. That's how JRPGs used to be. Right. So this kind of plays on that in a fun way because it's like, oh yeah, you're going to absorb them right back into your body when you're walking around town. But it's for a reason. It's not just for the reason that we had to animate it like that because it was the Game Boy and we didn't have other (laughs) abilities. So I love that they kind of play with that. But for whatever reason, your characters in your mind can come out and fight alongside you. How that works in combat is fascinating so you can have up to four characters actually in your party during combat at any given time but one of the best parts about the game is that as you progress you consistently meet at least a handful of characters in every new area so you are constantly by accident just absorbing and absorbing more people and they're like oh my god what's happening it's crowded in here and you're like, yeah they're actually like it's kind of getting a little crowded in here and you're like sorry the you're just here now and i was just like you know what i don't care you're all part of me whatever <laughs> she's such a good protagonist i love ajna um i frequently don't love protagonists but she's great uh so one of the second people you meet right off the bat is pull me up the list again i don't remember her name yeah. maybe like emil emily i feel like that was her name she wears a tiger uh, Rosmi. Rosmi! She's so fun. Rosmi is like goth waifu, and she wears the skin of a tiger, but it was her friend, but then the tiger's spirit accidentally became a flame and a lantern, and now they're still friends. It doesn't matter. It right. doesn't matter. The point is, she's a hilarious swamp witch goth waifu, and her whole, her whole shtick is that she's totally on Ajna's side, and she's like, yeah, let's kill people. I'm all about that you want to kill yeah you want to kill people i'm in so even though she gets absorbed by accident she's like oh yeah i'm I'm okay with this let's let's rock and roll so as the game progresses you encounter more and more characters some of whom are awesome others are god awful Mm -hmm. there's a character in this game voiced by matthew mercer oh that's cool i do not remember his name he's the worst one Oh, Zebe. Is he a villain? Or just no, like... he's not. He's one of your party members. In the middle right there, Zebe. He's oh, okay. the guy in yellow. Yep, yep, yep. He fucking sucks. Not just his like <laughs> combat abilities, they're not very good. Yeah. As a character, he blows. To his core, he's just Oh, bad. to his core, he's bad. So he's my only character so far that I've absolutely hated, but everybody else is unique in their own way, and unique in their own way is an understatement because they all have radically different move sets. 
which is where things start to get really fun. Because when you're out and about on the world and you're in this 2D environment, obviously a big part of the game is exploration. And even though it's 2D, you have a lot of areas that you can explore, especially as you build up new moves. Mm -hmm. You can come back and continue to explore other areas and find more stuff, blah, blah, blah. Typical, typical RPG fare. Yeah. But when you're out and about on the map, you will encounter just enemies, you know, walking around. It's not random encounters in the traditional sense. You can see them. You can potentially avoid them. Or you can intentionally run into enemies and engage in combat with them. Alternatively, somebody could get the jump on you. It's very, again, it's a lot like... Um, sounds like Bravely Default, too. Yes. It, sound, it, it plays a lot like Bravely Default, too, except in a 2D format. So if you get the jump on an enemy, you're going to be a little bit better off to start with. And if somebody gets the jump on you, you're a little bit screwed. Mm -hmm. Where it radically differs from Bravely Default, too, is this is... Um, God, what's the word for it? Like real-time combat? Oh, okay, not turn-based? No, it's not. It sort of is turn-based, but there's basically the game continues to progress on and on regardless of whether or not you are done making decisions. So you have to act pretty much as soon as your characters can act, mm. which is an interesting mechanic because each character is assigned to one of the buttons on the D-pad. Okay. Not on the D-pad, but on the button side of the d-pad the left joy-con yeah the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. left joy-con so for example ajna if she's in the lowest spot on the basically the diamond quadrant like the lowest spot on the quadrant then she's a so all of her moves are represented by three a's that kind of hover over her indicating that okay she has three moves available because i can physically press a three times and it will do something okay the same thing goes for the person at the top they're relegated to x on my controller so if i hit x three times they're gonna do something alternative I can do it once and the same goes for B and the same goes for Y. So what you need to know is that characters correspond to where they physically are at. Okay. Now their move sets are really fun because it's not as simple as, okay, I'm going to push A. The direction in which you press the buttons along with your left stick actually makes a difference. So for example, if you do, I think it's B and up. If you up B at an enemy, for example, with Rosmi, she comes up with this flaming tiger move that can, and this is a big part of the game, break a character's defense. Okay. So this is kind of like Bravely Default in that you're trying to throw a character off their balance because it makes them more vulnerable to your moves. So essentially with characters, different movesets, they kind of do different things. So if you up B somebody and then immediately down B them, that's like a guaranteed defense breaker and they'll be a little bit stunned. And then you can go in with your other characters and just de deal massive damage. Okay. Where things get really complex and where I never, I, I started to get the hang of it, but I felt like I wasn't being able to optimize it if you can, because if you just AAA, XXX, BBB, YYY, that's not quite as fun as how can I think about my four characters working in synergy with each other? Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, it feels like playing a fighting game and you're in charge of four characters at the same time. Interesting. Because combos are a big part of this game. So not only are you trying to break an enemy's defense so that you can do more damage, you are also trying to chain together the biggest, best combos you can. And every character has their own ultimate move, basically. Nice. Uh, and the ultimates are really fun to use. You have to charge them up, which is a really nice feature. They're not just givens. Uh, and other characters will fill kind of different um, roles, essentially. For example, you've got your characters like Ajna, who are basically melee fighters. That's really where they excel. Then you've got characters like Rosmi, She's kind of a fighter, but she's also kind of there for debuffs. That's her thing. She slows enemies down, which is a really important part of this because it's real-time combat. Then you've got characters like um, Beautiful Blue Angel Mom. <laughs> I don't remember what her I'll name look is. Up, I'll see if I can find a character here that's Beautiful yeah. Blue Angel Mom. Blue, beautiful Blue Angel Mom. She has long, beautiful hair. Therani? Therani. God, she's right hot. <laughs> She is. She's beautiful. Hello. She, she's both a fighter, but also because she's in charge of water, she can kind of heal your characters. And other characters sort of fill this that, that same role. Of you've got some characters that can be healers, 
You've got some that are more for buffs and debuffs. You've got others that are ranged characters. I at one point got an awesome guy that like had a rapier that was also a pistol. Oh, that's awesome. I don't remember what his name was, but he was the best. Yeah, look up that guy. Well, I can see this. He's really tall and skinny and looks like he could be oh, one of the three musketeers. Go. Latigo. Latigo, yes. He's yeah, that's an awesome. awesome sword gun. Zebe is technically a ranged character, but he blows, so nobody cares about him. <laughs> so there's this massive range of different types of characters that you can play. They all have their own specialties, and how you use their moves in conjunction with your other characters is extremely situational, very strategic, and so fun to mess around with. So that's the based, most based, gist of indivisible that i can possibly give you i could say more about the story should i i mean if you want it depends on how much spoiler you want to get into there's not going to be a ton of spoilers but i will give so i, I guess let me then ask about yeah them. please ask any uh, characters well about that for one looking at all these different characters the, the character design is fantastic for all it's wonderful but uh i guess the question then is so you're you know your village was attacked. Your father was killed. You're bringing everybody into your into your mind. But after that, what's the goal? Like, what are you shooting for? Yes. Excellent question. So, for starters, in the process of bringing specifically Dar into your mind, I do want to circle back to that real quick. Mm -hmm. Because Dar was previously a, I don't think he made it to general, but he was like a captain or a lieutenant or something of one of these army factions that attacked your village. Okay. So Ajna, now that she has accidentally acquired Dar, even though he's inside her, her mind, Dar is like, take me to my people immediately. We're going to put you in jail or whatever. And she's like, oh, I'll take you to your people. All right. But it's because I'm going to kill them. Oh, no. So she's on a warpath. Ajna's on a warpath. She's going to get revenge for her village and avenge her father. So she goes to place. I think it's a mountain. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. Mountain Doom. Mountain Doom. We'll call it Mountain Doom. So she goes to a mountain that she knows houses, I think Dar just calls him like the Emperor. Mm -hmm. Emperor something. We'll call him Jafar because his character design reminded me of Jafar from nice, Aladdin. Nice. But anyways, Emperor Jafar. Uh, so you're on a warpath trying to get to him because you know that he's the one that sent the army to her village's doorstep. So that's the immediate goal is, okay, I'm going to get to this guy and I'm going to defeat him. Everybody ready for a spoiler? Spoiler time. Okay. In the pretty early game, you do get to him. You ascend oh. the mountain. You make it to his flying fortress. That's cool. You infiltrate his flying fortress. You take out all of his drones. You get to him. You fight him. He's terrifying. He, like, has many heads. Oh. Uh, he, he He's kind of like a snake monster. I don't really know how to describe him. He's quite terrible. Kind of like Gordira and his... Almost. King Gordira from, like... King... King Kong. Godzilla? Like the three-headed dragon monster? Not quite. He's more like a, a snake than that. Like oh, okay. it's heads in a long line. Oh, okay. It's very okay. Scary, All right. That sounds terrifying. Anyways, he's horrifying, but he seems to be, because you encounter him in a couple of different times as he taunts you. He is clearly aware of Ajna. He briefly encounters Dar because Dar comes out and he's like, so-and-so, I consider you like my father because Dar was saved by this emperor guy when he was a baby and yeah. he was raised in this guy's military, so he's just brainwashed. And this emperor is like, I don't even know who you are, kid. Whoa. So Dar is like, I was going to say, that was going to be like my second question. Then if he's, if Dar is apparently this bad guy, then how does he get like he, where he wants to fight Eventually with he realizes that he has been duped all along and that he was one of the sheeple. He's been bamboozled. Yeah, he's been bamboozled. So Dar is actually one of my favorite characters. I think he's awesome. I think his interactions with Ajna are super funny and I love his sort of character arc. But the point is, you're chasing after this emperor guy. He seems to be taunting you and kind of leading you somewhere and you're not sure where you eventually get to him and you actually defeat him you beat him i think oh. he dies uh but in the process of doing so ajna awakens something else in her that kind of explains her weird ability she is apparently a fragment or she contains a fragment of the demon that her father 
and mother were fighting at the game's start. Mm. So those characters that were shown at the very beginning of the game before you knew what was going on, that was her young mother and father when they were younger and their friends when they saved the world. Interesting. Okay, As, so it's like a revenge thing this emperor then is coming and attacking. That's why he like targeted the village in a sense. Kind, kind of. of. Ooh, he, that's really not that's really not the point because the god that they serve is called Kali. Uh, I think it is supposed to be based on the actual Kali from um, Indian uh, mythology. It's not exactly adjacent to that, but you get the gist. Kali right. is a goddess of destruction. Her whole role is to destroy the world so that it can be born anew in the context of the game, not, okay. not in actual mythology. But so this god Kali was basically like, yeah, I'm going to destroy the world. I think it's time. And then her parents, Ajna's parents, were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're still alive in this one. We don't want that. Yeah. So they defeated her. But that kind of messed with some stuff. And now Emperor so-and-so is like, no, I want to bring Kali back. So his whole end game is that he's trying to reunite the pieces of Kali, of which Ajna apparently is one, oh. which is why she has these crazy powers. Okay. okay. So in fighting him and killing him, Ajna's like inner Kali is awakened and she is actually able to enter into this more demonic state where her skin turns blue her hair turns white she can do these incredibly superhuman things beyond what she was already capable of and other characters in game are like Ooh, what you're a piece of the demon trying to destroy our entire world people in her brain are being like hey no 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 no, no. we don't want to be part of this i mean they really are like some of them are like we don't want to be part of this yeah. zebe fucking zebe he's like <laughs> i'm out of here and she's like well I mean, I can't really, I can't really get you out. So you're kind of stuck with me. <laughs> I haven't learned out how to like <laughs> haven't sussed out how to reverse yet. this you quite know, yet. You're have to hang around. But in do. theory, some of the people in her are trying to break with her because now, even though she was unaware that she is this thing, they're like, "No, you're evil. We gotta get out of here." And she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, guys! I'm not what." It's your old friend. It's me, Ajna. <laughs> so some shit's going down. Ajna's having this identity crisis. And then you have to continue through the game from there, figuring out why this emperor wanted to awaken you, what's going on with Kali. And now that Kali has kind of been reawakened, can you seal her again? Mm. So that it's, it's typical RPG fare of the world is in danger and we have to fix it right. and we have to fight our way to the top to be able to fix it. So in terms of the actual story's plot, it's nothing revolutionary. It's very standard. It's all the little details that yeah. make the game so great. So all of this game's dialogue the vast majority of it is actually voice acted. Nice. Which is wonderful because even though they're, you know, they're static images, they're not animated images, they have a couple of different character poses and it's text dialogue back and forth describing the story to you. But all of that is voice acted and it adds such a nice level of personality. Ajna's voice actress does an amazing job. Rosmi is so funny. Really, there's no... Other than Zebe. There's no bad character. They're all incredible. They all bring something to the table. And some of them are more involved with the story than others. I got this one guy kind of early on. Tungar? I think he was a Kickstarter backer character. Oh, okay. So he, you just kind of acquire him and you're like, um, <laughs> he, he's optional. Yeah. So you can optionally get him. And if you do, he joins your party. He's awesome. He's really OP. And you're like, oh my God, Tungar's the best. <laughs> <laughs> but he has nothing to do with the story, really. So some of the characters have a little bit more going on than others. Uh, so not everybody is quite as important to the story as everybody else. But the ones that are are incredibly well fleshed out. They're so fun. The colors are amazing. The animations are great. The soundtrack is really good. This is a game with a killer soundtrack. Nice, love to check it out. And the gameplay is just phenomenal. Uh, the actual process of battling it out with enemies and being able to balance your different characters' moves and string together uh, optimal combos is really complex. And there's a lot of time that you can spend there just okay well what if i switch out this character for this one mm -hmm. do their moves go along with ajna's better what about with the ranged characters how can i make this work as well as i possibly can so in terms of gameplay 
super amazing. Uh, I really enjoy the game. I would highly recommend it, especially on Switch. I think it plays great on Switch. It looks great. It's not the kind of game that potentially suffers from yeah. being on the Switch, like Fortnite. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what other games there are. Uh, but yeah, Indivisible is awesome. And I would be so happy if the same developer eventually makes another game. It doesn't have to be Indivisible Part 2, but anything like this, I would happily play again. Awesome. And I feel like I'm out of breath now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's really cool because, A, a couple things that, you know, are kind of interesting to me about it and, like, attracting me to wanting to try it out is that, you know, A, the characters do look really cool. And honestly, and, like, some of it's looking what I was when I was scrolling through some screenshots, kind of reminds me a lot of a Supergiant game. Yeah. And just kind of its look and feel and the art and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, And especially with, like, how the characters don't have animations, but it's, like, fr- still frames that they, like, change to show their expression that was done a lot in pyre and stuff like that. But the one thing that is really grabbing me about it is that it's the combat is still kind of turn-based esque, but not really. Cause yeah. that's kind of the thing that especially with like bravely default, bravely default too, that I'm kind of like, just not my jam. Yeah. The combat style, but if it's something that is almost more like a real time fight with, I, I like, I'm curious enough. I want to try it out. I'll just have to like play it, play it on your switch or something at some point. But, um, but the other thing about it is that, it has so much to it production value-wise, especially with like the art, the the voice acting, the studio trigger. Is that what it is? Studio doing trigger. the doing the cutscenes. Like for a Kickstarter game, that's impressive. It raised a ton of money. Hang on, maybe I can find the actual figures because it was one of those Kickstarter games that wound up maybe not breaking records exactly, but it really Set did the some bar serious really stuff. High. So Lab Zero Games consists of members who have best been known for the 2012 fighting game Skullgirls. Oh, so people okay. that are familiar with Skullgirls might recognize certain um, aesthetic similarities there. So Indivisible was announced during a Skullgirls panel way back in 2015, and then the storyline was developed over the coming years. Uh, Lab Zero Games launched a crowdfunding campaign on, oh, excuse me it's indiegogo now i feel bad it's not kickstarter it was indiegogo my bad their initial goal was 1.5 million dollars but they eventually wound up raising the game's initial for however on november 13th 2015 the campaign was extended for an additional 20 days after the game received roughly 963 thousand dollars in pledges so it raised enough money maybe not quite its entire goal but it raised enough money to actually be produced and then some because they have since come out with physical versions i think for all available platforms Mm -hmm. so the game has done really well in spite of its maybe uh shortfall so this i was clearly thinking of hollow knight when i thought of like game that did gangbusters on kickstarter but whatever the point is it was an indiegogo game raised a fair amount of money managed to actually get produced and for you know this is kind of hit or miss indiegogo and kickstarter games but the final product is a good quality game Uh, and i have been having a ton of fun playing it and i really need to go back and finish it because i got so sidetracked with every other game on planet earth and i'm like oh no (laughs) there are too many games but i really need to finish it because it is genuinely very fun Something else that's interesting, not necessarily interesting to note, just a fun thing. All the environments in the game are really nicely fleshed out. They all have their own vibe. And some of the towns are populated by tons of people. There's one town in particular that I think is packed to the gills with characters that were designed by the backers. So there's all of these random characters that you encounter and you're like, these all look like people that could be in my party. Why do they all look? Because, you know, there's a difference between, oh, that's clearly a party character versus, oh, that's a shopkeeper. Right. You're like, what are all these special characters doing around here? And then you're like, oh, it's the backers. It was like one of the bonuses for pledging. And when you talk to the characters, they just like give you nonsense quotes and you're like, what's happening here? And then it kind (laughs) of sinks in. You're like, oh, this is like the backers gallery. Yeah. So if you were a backer, congratulations. You're in a video game. You got an awesome character in a sweet video game. And if you were like me and you weren't a backer, you can at least still purchase the game. So you you can still support the developer. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Indivisible sounds like it's a pretty fun go. Uh, Like I said, I'm curious enough about it and like the combat system, at least that I do want to try to check it out sometime. It's really interesting. At least watch some gameplay videos and stuff like that, because I kind of still have the feeling that it won't be necessarily my cup of tea the whole way through. But at least that stuff has piqued my interest enough that I want to check it out. I would definitely say that if you are a 
fan of JRPGs, but you might be a little bit bored of the standard formula, give Indivisible a try because it changes just enough. Like certain things that are big in JRPGs that aren't even a little bit in, important in Indivisible, there's no equipment, there's yeah. no weapons. Yeah. Your characters come with their own weapons and equipment and some of them are better at speed, some have higher defense. So even though they have their own stats, it's not like you're trying to alter their stats. You're just leveling them up because they all get a stat boost across the board. Nice. So there's no reason to shy away from playing certain characters as long as they fit into the overall, I hate using the word synergy, <laughs> but as long as they fit into the overall vibe of your group, you can do amazing things with them. Very cool. Very cool. Well, yeah. If you have played Indivisible or are interested in checking out Indivisible, let us know. Write us an email, teamchatpodcast.gmail.com or comment below wherever you're watching or listening to this video. Talk about it with us on our Discord channel because I'm sure after this episode we'll have a little bit of chit-chat over there on the old Discord about the game. So we would love to hear from you. But I think with that, that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Team Chat Podcast. Our first one back in the studio. It is a fantastic time. It's been great. It's, it it's it felt, both feels like no time has passed and yet that's, <laughs> so much time has like, passed. That's honestly what this is like as things have started going back yeah. to like quote unquote normal. Like that's what it's all felt like. We Sam and I for the first time went to a restaurant for the first time. And that was the exact same thing. That's what I told her it felt like. It was like it's weird how familiar and knew this feels all at the same yeah. time. And that's exactly We're both getting gray now. I, <laughs> I have way less hair than we were last in here. <laughs> so, oh man, but it has been good being back behind the table and in person doing this. Cause it's in just, again, person. it's a special energy that we bring behind the mics and it feels just, much better. It does feel much better. I'm, I'm very happy. We're back to this state, but with that, everybody that concludes this episode of team chat podcast until next time. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Wilson joined. No longer across the power of the internet, but yet directly to my right. I can bring that back now. Rachel Murphy. Peace out. We'll see you all next time.